Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. The Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So, Jesus addressed this parable to them. A man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So, the father divided the property between them. And after a few days, the younger son collected all that belonged to him and set off to a distant country, where he squandered the inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he'd freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he found himself in dire need. So, he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the pigs. He longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the pigs fed, but nobody gave him anything to eat. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough to eat, and here I am dying of hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So, he got up and went back to the father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him. Filled with compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. So the celebration began. Now, the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, he neared the house. He heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The son became angry and refused to enter the house. 
his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. The father said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Last week I had some time with my pre-support group and one of our number brought a commentary uh, book of scripture commentary uh, and a passage from this passage of scripture um, from a commentator who uh, unpacked the cultural and historical background of, of the Gospels and I want to share some of the insights that we got from that book. It was, well, very enlightening to me. Anyway, um, the problem that the Pharisees and the scribes have with Jesus is that he welcomes, he receives, he hobnobs, he hangs with sinners. And not only that, he eats with them. Apparently back in the first century Judea, table fellowship was huge. You ate with people that you owned as your own kith and kin. Even if they weren't real family, they were your kind of folk. And now this purported rabbi, who's hanging around a lot of fishermen, that's, that's weird, but that's okay. But he's also hanging around with sinners and eating with them. This is a violation of kosher ethics, people. <coughs> So they're complaining. But Jesus tells them a story. Shame. Huge problem for folks in the Middle East still today, and certainly back then in Jesus' time. It was the worst sin. Even, even worse than murder. Murder could be justified, but shame condemned you to ostracism and ridicule and it was just shame on yourself, shame on your family, shame on your people, shame on your city, shame on your nation, punished often by God. In the Old Testament, you'll see it a lot. Huge problem. The younger boy asking for his inheritance before the dad died, shame his dad. 
I wish you were dead. Give me the money. Basically, that's what it said when he asked for his inheritance early, you know, too early. The dad shamed himself by doing it, giving it away, rather than slapping upside the head and <laughs> telling him to you know, grow up. And, you know, very, this wasn't just rude. This was awful, but, but the dad did it anyway. We have a boy acting shamefully. We have a dad responding shamefully. And then the guy takes this young kid, take, oh, he's probably 18, something like that. He takes the, uh, his inheritance, now his money, and wastes it in shameful living. The older brother will describe it as wasting money on prostitutes. Uh, dissipation, great word. Anyway, so, and then, not only that, apparently, uh, when inheritance was given out at the death of a, of a wealthy person, the, the, the one who was eldest, usually the boy, uh, would receive the lion's share, two-thirds of the property. And a third of the property would be given to the other kids. Well, there's only two, so the younger one gets a third, and the older one gets two-thirds. The shameful thing about what the older boy did was that he took it too. It says, in the Greek it makes very, it's very clear apparently, the father divided his, his inheritance between them. Gave it not only the young boy who asked for it, but the older boy who was going to get it anyway. He gave it. For him to receive it before his dad died was shameful, insulting to his dad. Dad did it anyway. The older boy received it anyway. People, we've got a dysfunctional family here. It's a mess. Okay. So the younger boy goes and wastes everything that was his. And finally comes to his senses. <laughs> that stuff. You know, kids, we've often used this story as a kind of an illustration of repentance. You know, admitting sin, being sorry for it, and, and coming back to God. The younger boy, if you read clearly, closely, he doesn't repent. He comes to his senses. This is stupid. My father's servants are living better than I am. Yeah, I, I, I was bad. I've sinned against father and God. Yeah, I'm bad. But there's not a word of sorrow or repentance, people. But there is a, I'm going to go back. Smart, self-serving action. <laughs> but they go back to dad so I'll survive. People, we have been taught as Catholics, I'm sorry, that we need to seek perfect contrition. I rather suspect, at least in my heart, it's true. It's impossible. Perfect contrition. Oh, people, why do I go to confession? For the self-serving reason I need his mercy and, and to be accepted again and get back into the church where I need to be. Yeah, that's all kind of all about me. <laughs> I mean, it's, what I'm saying here is that this father won't care what brings that boy back. Well, are you sorry enough? And have you done this to show that you're sorry? No, no, check off. No, just 
He comes back. And the father runs to him to embrace him and kiss him. Shameful behavior, apparently. If you're a man of status and wealth, you don't run. That's like seeing the Queen of England lifting her skirts and running down the aisle in Parliament. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, you, you, you walk. You know, you know who you are. You, you. The father throws all of that stuff to the wind. This father is addled with love for that boy. And he acts shamefully out of love for that kid. Running. Running and embracing and kissing. And then, you know, come, dress him up, put shoes on his feet, and rings on his fingers. Please remember who owns everything now. You know, a third of it was spent already, but the two-thirds that still remains. Remember, it all belongs to the older boy now. Apparently at that time, the father would have the right to continue to live off the interests of the wealth, the rents of the property, but everything he'd given already to the older boy. He's just piling the older boy's stuff onto the younger boy. And who's he asking to do that? He's asking servants to do that. You servants dress him. Put shoes on his feet. Put rings on his fingers. What does that make the boy? If servants are serving you, who are you? The master. Our young master has returned, and now we're treating it like we always did. The father restores this boy, this schmuck, with the status that he had rejected when he insulted his father and took his inheritance. No, the father gives it. The father gives it all back. And he gives it from the older boy's stuff. This father is crazy with love. Unjust with love. Are you getting it, kids? This is a story about a father. So the older boy comes in, having done the work, now he's been doing. The party's going on, you know. Ask the servant what's going on. There's a party. Your younger brother has come back, and your father's just delirious with joy, and we're having this party to welcome him back. Okay. <laughs> As the older boy will tell us when he speaks to his dad, he's always done everything right. And everything is his. And it's being wasted at a party. It, it seems good behavior is taken for granted. Bad behavior is rewarded. People that's unjust with rightful indignation and anger, he will not go in. Which, by the way, apparently, given the, the mores of the time, was a, he was shaming his father. He will not go in. So the father, again, shames himself. Please. Children were always brought into the presence of the parent. 
The children always, almost at least in that time, and sometimes still in the Middle East, ask permission if they can come into the presence of the parent. No. This parent goes out to the stubborn, angry kid and pleads, begs, his father begs, because he's crazy in love with this boy too. Please come. Please don't reject them like he did. Please don't reject me like he did. Everything is yours. You're always here with me. But we had to rejoice because your brother's home. People, you see what it means to God that you come home, that you come to him. He's running fiercely to grab you right now at this altar. He comes from heaven to be broken and poured out that he might embrace you. And we come up the aisle. People, we have a crazy in love God. In love with you. Please.